chapter 1. If y'all want to go ahead and get flipped over to there, I will do the same. Um, man, I just love you guys. What a cool morning to, to come in and see people, you know, putting ornaments on our family tree and just introducing new members to the, to the body and, and all this stuff. I just, I just love you guys, and so I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to, to do this and to help lead and be a part uh, and, and walk alongside you guys as we do this. So I love you. But this morning, we'll be in Luke <clears throat> chapter 1 um, as we continue to approach our Christmas uh, time and through this Advent season. Um, this morning's message, which is in Luke, we're going to see uh, the angelic announcement of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the joy and the excitement that came with that, but also some angst and some worry that comes with that as well. Um, we'll see how all these emotions come together, and then we'll learn how through our moments of nervousness and fear that obedience to God will always prove far greater than what we have planned for ourselves. And so, with that in mind, let's read through our passage. Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 26, and then read through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, <clears throat> again, we just thank you for what this season means, why we celebrate this season, the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we, as we hear your word, I pray, one, that you would uh, soften our hearts, that you would prepare our hearts for your message, for your truth, uh, that we would be receiving to what you and your Holy Spirit have for us today. And God, we just thank you that um, as we hear your word, Father, we know that you are real. We know that you are here. We know that your Holy Spirit can and will do mighty things, Father. And so we thank you. We pray that anything that I say would be only your truth. Nothing contradictory to your gospel would be heard here, Father. And that only you would be glorified in everything that is said here. Father, we thank you for this time and for this place. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And this is his name we pray, amen. <clears throat> Reading through the message of the incarnation, the revealing of the birth of the Son of God. This isn't the first time that we hear a mention of the coming Savior. We can actually look all the way back to the, very, uh, to the third chapter of the very first book of the Bible. 
uh, we'll see that this plan has been unfolding for quite a long time. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, there's a promise that there will come an offspring of woman. She will bear a child who will bruise the serpent's head. It's the first prophecy that the Messiah would come, that the seed of the woman would destroy the one who destroyed the human race. There's actually probably more than 350 predictions in the Old Testament concerning the child who is to be born. So as we're reading this passage, going through this story, we know that this is a big deal. It's no small incident, especially to any of the Jews of the time who had studied the scriptures. Quite possibly, Mary may be one of those. So as we mind through the beginning of the story of the born Messiah, there are three main points to gather from today's passage, points to encourage and help us, points to remind us that God in all his holiness and majesty has a heart for us. These three main points are first, the Holy Spirit is our power to obedience. Second point is we are favored. And the third point is never sell God short. First, the Holy Spirit is our power to obedience. Second, we are favored. And third, never sell God short. Let's read uh, verses 26 through 29 again together. <clears throat> In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So, God sends his angel Gabriel to Nazareth to this little, most likely a, a very young girl, uh, probably in her teens, quite possibly. Uh, betrothals at that time started while the couple, especially the girl, was extremely young. Um, it's just how the tradition was back then. And betrothal is a lot different. It was much more stringent and binding than what we consider engagement today. Once the couple was betrothed, it was as though they were essentially married in a legal sense, uh, but with about a year of time between the betrothal and the consummation of the marriage, basically for them to have no contact with each other or any other male or female of the opposite sex, and then basically it was just a test of their fidelity to each other. So it was an extremely important time. So we have Gabriel appearing to little Mary, who is about to make a very bold claim about her life, about her future, about her fiancé's future. And as she's approached by him, one of the very first things he says when he's about to drop this huge bomb is, the Lord is with you. One of the first things he says, the Lord is with you. You're about to have to do something so crazy, so out of this world, something that especially within your betrothal, it's even potentially dangerous for you and Joe. But the first thing that you need to know, Mary, is that the Lord is with you. Her reaction to just even his introduction is still one of concern, as it says, she was greatly troubled. She's like, well, wait a minute. I'm gonna need some more details than this, Gabe. I need to know what's up. And so Gabriel proceeds to explain the reason for his visit. We see that in verse 30 through 33. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. So he lays it all out there on the line for her. She's going to bear a child, a son, he's going to be the Son of the Most High, his kingdom is never going to end. So here, little Mary, 
in the midst of her betrothal, in the most crucial time for her to be sexually pure and with no man at all, not even her betrothed husband, she's told she's going to have a son. Mm, okay, Gabe, how about some more details? <laughs> this, is, this doesn't even make sense. This is not possible. Verses 34 through 37. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So he answers her. Well, sorry, Mary she needs to understand after what he says that this is not about what she can do, but this is about what God can do. The one thing that we need to hear from this passage, one thing that she needed to hear the most, is that God was not bound by her physical circumstances. God is not bound by our physical circumstances. And so when he answers her, he basically gives her a two-part answer. He explains that it's all through the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the power of the Most High. In everything that Gabriel says in this whole passage, he makes sure to direct the acknowledgement to God every time. He says, greetings, Mary, the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. This is all by and only by the power of God. And then he tosses in part two of the answer like, hey, if that's not enough to convince you, check out Rebecca. She is well beyond her, the age of having a child, yet here she is, baby belly and all. So with all that Gabriel has tossed onto Mary's plate and everything he has said, he makes clear that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Most High, is what is going to make this happen. And so even with the severity of repercussions from family, friends, and outsiders looking in on Mary and Joseph's betrothal, she is obedient. We see that obedience in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary, the Lord is with you. Don't worry, don't freak out, don't run away. You can do this because the Lord is with you. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Believers, in our times of trials and fear, in times of wondering what God is actually doing with our lives, in our moments like Mary of, mm, excuse me, Gabriel, come again? Remember these words, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And how do we know this to be true? That brings us to our second point. We are favored. In verse 28, where Gabriel says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. The phrase that's translated to what we read here as favored is only used one other time in all of the New Testament, in Ephesians 1, verse 6. And we'll read verses 5 and 6 together. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his, and this is where we get that word favored, glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The grace which we have received through the giving of his son, Jesus Christ. Not a grace that we went and got, not a grace that we can earn. 
favored means his unmerited grace, the undeserving grace that is free to anyone who believes. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. Says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Acknowledging the beauty of our passage here in Luke and the excitement, the excitement of seeing the favor that was bestowed upon Mary, if you are a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you are truly saved, O favored one, feel that same excitement for yourself. The only other place where we hear of this same favor is when we hear of it being bestowed upon believers by his glorious grace through his son Jesus. Unmerited, free bestowal of grace, being transformed from eternal death because of our trespasses to being made alive with Christ. These sound fairly impossible, right? Well, point three, never sell God short which sounds like common sense, right? I mean, come on, right? Well, in verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. John 14, verse 27, says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 1 Peter 5 says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In our moments of fear, trembling, and worry, are we settling in on our own ability to handle our anxieties, or are we resting in the favor of grace that holds our troubled hearts and that begs for us to cast our despair to him? In those instances, never sell him short. In verse 34 of our passage, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? Mary's going to have a baby, but she's still a virgin. Impossible. The baby, who's going to be Jesus, will live a life here on earth, and that life will be perfect and sinless. Impossible. Then Jesus is going to die and then rise from the dead three days after that. Impossible. But Matthew 19, verse 26 says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power, by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. And then in our passage here, Gabriel goes on in verse 36 and 37 to explain more of how nothing is impossible for God. And behold, your relative in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. <clears throat> we must never sell God short. When God wants to make a point, we should probably watch out because it may be subtle or it may be a smack you in the face miracle, just like we're seeing in this story. Whatever our circumstances, however good or bad it is, we must never underestimate the power of our God and the infinite reach of his sovereignty, which, honestly, anything that we can comprehend is probably 
underestimating him. He is beyond us. We have to remember that everything about God to us as humans is impossible, which is just one of the oh so many reasons why the story of the coming Messiah is so beautiful. The impossible God condescending himself to make the impossible possible for us. And so we celebrate that today, the birth of our Savior, the life, the death, the resurrection of him. We celebrate that together through communion. And as we celebrate the birth of our Savior this season, we celebrate what that was ultimately intended for, the death, burial, and resurrection. We remember the body that was slain, the blood that was shed, and the offering of unmerited grace to us. May we find such joy and comfort in his favor to us and in the impossibilities that our God makes possible that we would relinquish ourselves to our Lord just as Mary did when she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So if you are a believer of this glorious grace as we take communion, we invite you to the table. If you are an unbeliever or if you're an unrepentant sin, I would ask that you would remain in your seat because God's word says that if you were to, if you were to partake with us, that you would be eating and drinking in an unworthy manner, and I don't want that for you. If there's sin in your life that you're unrepentant of, I would plead with you now to turn from your sin at this moment. I pray that the wondrous grace and mercy of our God would draw you back to him now. And if you are an unbeliever, I pray that right now the impossible is happening in your heart. The impossible made possible by the only one who can and that you would let the joy of knowing that you too can rest in the favor of the Lord lead you into the cover of his unmerited grace. As we partake of the Lord's Supper together, let this be our prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your undeserved favor shown through your glorious grace, for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us, and for the beautiful truth of this season's celebrations that is the birth of the Savior the world. Help me to always submit to your will and to never sell you short because nothing is impossible for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's take a moment together. Whatever the Holy Spirit has put on your heart, if you need to pray for a second, and then when you're ready, the elements are at the back of the room on the tables. Grab those, bring them back to your seat, and then we will all take those together. celebrate the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ and ultimately to celebrate what the end of his life here on earth meant for us. Because on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, 
Again, we thank you. We thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ, for everything that this season means. But Lord, would we be overwhelmed? Would we find our hearts so much more joyful and excited and celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ more than Christmas parties and lights and trees? Yes, we enjoy those and we honor you through that. But God, would you remind us the depth, the incredible magnitude of your love that was shown through the giving of your son for us? Father, there is no greater gift than your love and mercy that you've bestowed on us. Father, help us to do just as Mary said, that we would submit to you, submit to your will, and help us to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit when we need to, which is every single day, God. Again, Father, we thank you and we love you. We bless your holy name this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.